Haven't you heard? A queen is on the rise. Wear a mini hat so she can open up your eyes. Join the convo, the podcast is lit. Cop a penny to the spice up your fit, yeah. She's a producer, you can buy her to a remix. She do the most, but she ain't come to do the least. Whether it's the combo or the music you want, find it all here at tttalks.com. Come and stimulate your mind with tttalks. Promise you'll never fall behind when tttalks. The knowledge you're seeking, you can find. Peace family, it's your girl TT from TT Talks. So glad to be back behind the mic again to bring you some more bomb content. As per usual, I have been in the streets traveling and working on this content. I just returned from Charleston, South Carolina to hang with them boy. Might play a cousin them from the Geechee experience. So stay tuned for that bomb content coming from there. I received rave reviews from episode 28 with Samara Rivers, founder of Black Bourbon Society. We had such a wonderful time sipping whiskey and chopping it up about the uh, black presence in whiskey. And here's a quick clip from last episode, just in case you missed it. I think the next thing that we should try Mm-hmm. is Uncle Nearest. Let's do it, yeah. And you've talked about Uncle Nearest I on have, your show. I have, um, So I wanna get you a chance to taste this because you've never had, had their single barrel. So this is definitely, this is a Tennessee whiskey. The difference between Tennessee whiskey and a bourbon is a process that has been accredited to Nearest Green and to um, the African um, influence on the whiskey making business. We're starting to link it now. It hasn't been officially documented yet, Mm -hmm. but the traces just don't make sense how this process lands in America in the middle of the 1800s out of the blue. You ready to nose this? We're gonna nose this. Okay, let's dive in. Ooh. Yeah, baby. Super oaky for me. Yeah. You're looking like a, a butterscotch. Butterscotch. Of. I can't figure out if that's pine or cedar, but it's been in the barrel 11 mm-hmm. years. Earthy. Yeah. Earthy. Mm-hmm. Well, let's taste it. Maybe it'll bring out something that you'll look for in the nose as well. Even like like dried fruits. Mm-hmm. Like dates or raisins yep. even. Yep. That's exactly what I got. Yeah, this is really delightful. Yeah. Alrighty. <laughs> I haven't had the 1820 before. I had the, I think, 1884. Yeah. 1884 is um, their small batch. And then 1856 mm-hmm. is what, you know, they originally right. came out on the market with. Right. The last time Uncle, um, Uncle Nearest did a 1820 release, of course, all of our members got on and crashed right. the site. Oh, gosh. Right. <laughs> so make sure you check out that last episode. If you're behind, make sure you catch up, Mustard. There's also a video to this episode on the TT Talks YouTube channel. So make sure you check it out, subscribe, hit that notification bell. All right. And shout out to Tommy Nova Films for the beautiful visuals. I mean, it's really beautiful. Y'all really should just go check it out, man. He did his thing on there. Now I got to do a little housekeeping before we hop into this show. TT Talks sweatshirts will be available as of now (laughs) for pre-order on tttalks.com. Thanks to those who have already pre-ordered. They'll be coming soon. You have been seeing me wear these sweatshirts all over the social media streets. They are super fly, super durable, beautiful. So uh, grab you one or two or whatever the spirit moves you to get. 
please like, follow, subscribe, and share if you are enjoying the content. You can meet me on the interwebs by going to TT Talks group and fan page on Facebook, at TT Talks on IG, at Miss, that's MS, TT Talks on Twitter, at Miss TT Talks at gmail.com, TT underscore Talks on TikTok. Yes, I am now on TikTok. Can you believe it? (laughs) And you can also shoot me a text on 850-509-1194 if you want to do business or talk about how I can host your event or be a guest on your show or do some beats and instrumentals for your content. I am super accessible. So just hit us a stop. All right. Last but not least, you can also join TT Talks on Patreon.com. Please consider becoming a patron. In order for me to ramp this content up, I will need your help. Shout out to my first patrons, Liz Gilliam, Adil Mustafa, Tiffany Hammond, Cornelius Galt, Prakit Mikael. I have some goodies coming for y'all soon, soon, soon. And I just, I just can't even describe how excited I am. And I appreciate y'all so much. I also have some exclusive content coming y'all way just for my patrons. Yes, I got some good stuff coming. I appreciate the support more than you know. I know that I make it look easy, but it takes a lot of work, focus, dedication, and money to consistently deliver this content. So again, I thank you. We are on episode 29, y'all. I am so super excited about this episode. It was recorded in Kigali, Rwanda. I recently had the opportunity to travel there and do some physical therapy and educational work. And I wanted to do a show there. So I went on Twitter and I hashtagged Rwanda podcast. And I stumbled upon a show called Breaking Silences. It's hosted by two sisters by the names of Dominique and Aline. I listened to a few episodes and enjoyed the show so much that I just had to learn more. I also saw that co-host Dominique started a publishing company called Imagine We, which is also quite impressive. As I was learning more about Dominique, I ran across a short story uh, that she wrote entitled The Burden of the Saved. This story was set in Kigali and brilliantly told a story about the struggles of Kami, a young Rwandan woman navigating the NGO sector. It is definitely a piece we should all read and it is free, y'all. Y'all hear me? Free 99, okay? So make sure you follow Dominique on Twitter at D as in dog, N as in Nancy Alonga, A-L-O-N-G-A. And her link tree will take you directly uh, to the book in ebook format. All right. So before we jump into this episode, I will let Dominique, a.k.a. Nikki, tell you a little bit about herself, her mission and her work. This clip came from the Youth Connect Africa Summit. This summit was actually happening while I was there, but I did not have a chance to attend. It's essentially a huge summit of young African entrepreneurs from all over the continent. I actually stayed at the same hotel as a few of the attendees and was able to hear a lot of amazing entrepreneurial endeavors coming down the pike from young, ambitious African business leaders. Dominique was a panel speaker on an important discussion on sustainable development. So check this short clip so you can discover out exactly who she be. I'm very proudly Rwandan. Um, my name is Dominika Longa. I am a serial entrepreneur. Very proud to say that out loud. 
I own a publishing house, Rwanda's fastest growing publishing house. Um, I also own a co-working space and I, I am an author. I've written uh, three books so far and I'm very proud to be sharing the African story from an African um, perspective. In 2015, I was fresh out of college, lots of youthful energy, something that we all need to tap into because our energy is our biggest asset and uncontainable. I went and ventured into my passion to make information and knowledge more palatable for my, my African friends, brothers and sisters. In the last five years, we've reached 35,000 children all over Rwanda. I've, we've built 17 libraries and I've trained about 250 people to become authors. And out of these people, we've published 15 stories that have been sold in thousands and thousands of copies in Rwanda and 13 other countries. Um, and then this is where I started owning my own story. You guys know that 80% of books that are written about Rwanda are written by foreigners. And so we're slowly changing this narrative to own our dignity, our cultures, our diversities. We have that power. And this can only happen if we start actively, actively speaking out with the written word or digital content, which is something that we're going to get into. Historically, we've been known to be divided so we can be conquered. And we have learned that so well that it will take us a couple of years to unlearn. But I want to invite all of us as the youth of Africa here at Youth Connect to take the lead in becoming more unified, supporting other businesses, supporting um, what we are doing and, and grow. Because one, if one African rise, it's nice. But what if all Africans rise? Right? So I'm very excited to be sharing more on my journey and I'm very excited. It is such a good time to be a young African. Thank you very much. So now y'all see why I had to connect with this sister, right? Make sure you follow the hashtag TT Talks in Rwanda to see more about my personal adventures there. And stay tuned to the end of this episode for some hip hop straight out of Rwanda. You know what I'm saying? I know y'all gonna dig it. So Without further ado, sit back and enjoy as TT talks to Dominique Alonga. Peace, family. It's your girl TT from TT Talks. I'm all the way across the world. I'm in Kigali, Rwanda, and I could not come into this city until I came to talk to this young lady here. Hi. <laughs> this is Dominique Nikki. Mm -hmm. Is it Alonga? Mm -hmm. Alonga. And um, she's off the chain. I love her. I love her on the social media streets. Really? I, I found, yes, of course. I follow her on accident. Let me tell you how that works. I was approached to do some physical therapy work in, in Rwanda. And um, so, of course, as I'm planning the trip and, and getting ready to go, I was like, okay, let me just hashtag... Rwanda and hashtag mm -hmm. Kigali. I do that a lot when I'm traveling too. That, That's a good call. Yes. So I hashtagged it and I'm reading through stuff and I'm seeing, oh, this looks like an interesting event I may want to go to. Oh, this, 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 this. And then 
she comes up. And it was, I, I don't even remember the tweet. It was something like just really incisive and off the chain. And I was just like, I fucked with her <laughs> immediately. What was, I need to know which, which I, one was I don't remember. It was something about patriarchy something. I don't know. Oh man. Because I, I consume so much media that it, it, sometimes it's hard to yeah, remember too. exactly yeah. which one. But I was like, I need to follow this person. I need to figure out who they are. And then I found out that this person has a podcast, is the co-host yeah. of, a, of a podcast. And so I'm also a content creator, as you all know. And so I said, hey, I like supporting black podcasters and content creators. Let me go subscribe and, and, and listen. And um, it took a couple of weeks because I have, I have a lot to do and I'm always trying to listen to other people's stuff and uh but you were on my list to listen to and I listened to the show and I was like this is great and if you know me you know I am unashamed I will cold call anybody I will jump in anybody's DM and be like hey I want to holler at you I think you're cool let's link up I will do that and I did that and she was so gracious enough you know when I arrived she invited me to her home her space um because I need y'all people my listeners to know, I know all your listeners, they know about you, but I need my listeners to know mm -hmm. about you and what you're doing. Because I tell people all the time that I love the young folks. And the young, when I say the young folks, I mean the folks that are like in their late teens through their 20s. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a certain um, level of, y'all don't take no shit. That age group, they don't take no shit. They are very turned off of what? <laughs> Sometimes loud and wrong, but usually you're right. And, it, you know, they don't like disingenuous energy at yeah. all. They see, they see through a lot of things. They're truth tellers, um, among other things. And so um, I like having conversations with people anyway. So I was like, I got to talk to her. So we're going to talk about all of the stuff she got going on. By the end of the show, y'all going to be like, damn, I need to follow this shit. Dang, I need damn. to figure out who she is. Damn, who is Oh, damn. Y'all are going to be so turned up. Y'all going to be turned up like I was turned up when I saw her uh, her content, right? So, before we even get into all of this, thank you. Thank you for being gracious enough and inviting me here. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to talk to you. And um, I just want to talk about all the things that you have going on. But first, talk a little bit just, who are you? Huh. It, we, we talked a little bit before the cameras rolled and she's right. telling me she's kind of lived all over and had to move all over and so kind of let everybody know like who you are and mm -hmm. where you're from and what you're about. Yes, uh, starting from where I w was born. Um, I was born in the Congo, so I'm half Rwandese and half Congolese. That is very important for me to say because it's a part of my identity that was very hard for me to embrace until 2016 because of the you know the strife between the two countries i for the longest time rejected my Congolese identity to fit in so now i'm like going around very proudly talking about it whatever opportunity i get yeah. have Congolese um, yeah. yeah but then i came to rwanda uh, in 1997 with my, my mom and my two siblings and um, yeah we've been here we're happily um, 
connecting back to our country and and we found a lot of family here which were it's very unique to our to our family because you know the 1994 genocide against the Tutsi so we I don't think my mom expected to find um, cousins and aunts uh, but we're very grateful I, I think that we're one of the unique families that still can afford to have large Christmas parties um, in Rwanda um, so that's also something that's very important to me because we were spared in a way um, and then thirdly I'm also an entrepreneur I um, I think because of our history I grew up thinking everyone was a burden to somebody because we were raised by orphans children who had just lost their parents right um, they were my mom was young her siblings were young and, and everyone in my country had lost somebody so we were raised by wounded people and one of the things that happened when you're raised by a wounded person is that you don't want to add to the burden so growing up I wanted to make myself small almost invisible but one of the ways one thing I was very passionate about was to not have to ask for anything because then that would be a burden you know mm. so that developed well it wasn't healthy and I'm unlearning that now but it did develop a side of my personality that I'm very grateful for which is a, a hustle <laughs> yeah. you know like I hustle and uh, I try my best to be as independent as I possibly can. But now I'm also trying to make sure that I am as vulnerable as well. Um, so I own two companies and I'm launching a third one in, in November. Um, and yeah, uh, my, my company, the, the, the oldest one, which is the, the biggest one, um, has been recognized by a number of people in and outside of the country and, and I'm very grateful because that has um, influenced the female voice in Rwanda um, giving women the opportunity, young women, women who are younger than me or my age the opportunity to, to feel like we can be people mm -hmm. we are not just decorations mm. you know what I mean mm -hmm. we are humans and um, and and, and inspire getting the platform to be able to tell people tell women that they can um, think of themselves as people and have the self-esteem that is being robbed from us by patriarchy every day so um, I, I, I'm just very grateful for my life yeah, I think I think uh, that's, that's that's it. I really love my mom, <laughs> so that's also important. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. And you lived a little bit of time in India, mm -hmm. is that correct? Yes. Through school or education? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So was it a college? Yeah, or? I went to university in India. So I did my high school in the U.S. Uh, and then I came back home because I did not. Have, I mean, it's tough. Uh, living in some parts of the U.S. Yeah. As, a, as a black child mm -hmm. um, and I had left without my family mm -hmm. so I was um, and I had I, I, I went to a private school in the U.S. and um, as a, I, I was the only black child in most of my classes mm -hmm. and I know the trauma that came from that <laughs> you know um, 
So by the time I graduated, I had a couple scholarships, but I was done. I felt like I couldn't do it. And I mean, I've, I, part of me realized, you know, this is the US and you're rejecting an education from the US. How dumb can you be? And I think even my family back home was like, are you, are you a human being right now? But I just couldn't um, take it any longer. So then I came back home um, and I just started working right away. And, um, and I started making some money and mm -hmm. I was very excited about making money. My mom was like, oh, you think this is what you're gonna be? <laughs> so she dropped me off. Um, it was very quick the way I went to India. She was just like, hey, everybody, let's uh, let, come and come, we're going somewhere with your passports, let's just see. And she had registered me for school. <laughs> leaving, I think, maybe two weeks from then or a week from then. Mm -hmm. So that's how I ended up in India. I loved it. Um, I, I had a, a, I felt more in touch with myself i wasn't i wasn't as rejected by mm. the society mm -hmm. like i was in the us so i feel like that was my favorite um, one of the best time i've had in life and i was in touch with spirituality a little bit more i was um, more curious because they managed to be to keep the authentic religions and um, expressions of spirituality that they had for a long time Whereas, so that's where that spark of curiosity happened to me, where I was like, why don't we keep our stuff? Mm. How come? You know, why did we feel so ashamed of, of who we were and our rituals and our customs? And, and you know, because in India, uh, one time I remember we went to the uh, parliament to visit, and it was a rule to wear authentically Indian stuff for every par parliamentarian. They couldn't wear, um, you know, Western. Western, yeah. Yeah, and I, I was, I remember being so fascinated by that, uh, and just remembering like, the, it just hit me every day that we rejected ourselves, mm -hmm. and so, coming back was was a beautiful trip for me because I felt like I was more aware of the fact that, uh, as Rwandans, we had rejected a lot, and it didn't result in the best. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't a favorable outcome at all. Nope. Goodness. So you leave school. Mm -hmm. And so how long between leaving school and um, uh, your publishing company? Uh, about six months. Six months. So <laughs> imagine we started six months after you got back. Yeah, I got back in June 2014. And imagine we started on January. Was that something you were thinking about while you were in India or it just no. happened? So in six months, you just... Yep. Wow. So talk about that. <laughs> uh, so so I, I had left um, the US and then I went to India like pretty close in terms of time. Mm -hmm. And in both places, reading what is massive. You know, in India you have... Um, these little street corners that sell books. Any book that comes out like within a few hours, they, they have the books in, on, the, on the streets everywhere. And, and in the US, I was 
I was an avid reader, I went to the library every single day and I just, it was amazing, right? And um, so when I came back, um, we have, we still have one library for the whole country, one, one, you mm. know, and then that was, I was like, what in the world? But, um, and the books, the, the collections of books are pretty old and this is from the 60s and, and it was always like, that thirst um, to to know stuff to mm -hmm. read was um, I felt like it was leaving me and I was like oh, I need to do something um, so I started working at, for an NGO here in, in Rwanda and, and we had conversations but then um, as the NGO grew we had a lot more Westerners come mm. to visit and to and they kept saying oh you guys are African so you can't be literate oh, if you want to hide something from an African, you put it in the book. These jokes kept being thrown around and eventually I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to try my best um, to, to contribute to the change. And at the time, it took me two years to, to have an actual line of work. I just quit and I thought, you know what, I'm going to uh, work with the library, try to to come up with some sort of a software that tracks how often kids read, read, and uh, the kid that reads the most, maybe we can come up with a scholarship scheme for them mm -hmm. to leave one school and go to a better school mm -hmm. uh, within the country. And then they said no, and so I thought, you know, why don't we um, do that with schools directly? Like if we go to very um, small communities and encourage them to read and then in exchange they have the whole following year yeah. of, school, uh, of, of school fees paid for and then so we were like oh that's a great great idea so then i went to the schools but they had no books mm. to read so that killed the the idea again and so i reached out to my schools back in the u.s and i was like we have no books if you want to help um so they sent over about four thousand books and we started distributing them and I opened up a library um, in my neighborhood as well where we received about 80 kids every day and so we started reading and I was like oh my god the idea is finally coming together but then the kids were like we've never seen someone who has yellow hair and blue eyes we've never seen a horse we've never seen this white stuff that's on every single book that we're reading we don't like these books so they started just ripping the books you know kids and they kept saying that to us and so in 2016 towards the end that's when we were like we need to create stories that authentically represent children mm -hmm. that we see so the first book I remember had as many random things that I could think of um, and we uh, we were lucky the there was some sort of a pageant and the winner um, came to us and she was like I, want, I would like to write a book so it just came in the perfect time and that's that's kind of how we started knowing that this is the angle no more running around trying to create libraries and a scholarship situation and all that mess and so we just focused on starting to create content and it's been mm. like that since that's awesome solutionaries y'all know how I feel about solutionaries People who are doers, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people who talk a lot. Yeah. They talk, 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 but they don't put any 
plans in motion. They don't put any energy into, you know, mm-hmm. into really action to doing things. And so that's one of the reasons why I even have TT Talks because I want, we hear a lot about what black people globally are not doing. We hear about what we're not doing, we're not this, we're not that, we're not doing this. So my intention is to focus on what people actually are doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I'm just, I'm really proud of you for that. I think that's awesome. And Thank she's you. like young, she's 27, yep. okay? Years old, started a whole publishing company. And then you also wrote some books as well. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about those books. Y'all, I bought a shitload of them books. You hear what I'm saying? Some of them she wrote, some of them other people yeah. wrote. But I bought a lot of them. Some of them I'm going to, to donate to different um, black schools across the diaspora. Um, some of them I'm keeping for myself. <laughs> because children visit my house a lot. Right. And, and okay. they need to have things that you know they can look at and read at that yeah. are reflective of not only just them, but what other people are doing in other places around the world. Mm-hmm. And, and I also have a few copies of books that I'm going to um, give away to the people who share this video properly and I'll put all of the instructions uh, in, you know, into the post on how you can be entered uh, in the drawing to be able to um, get some of the books that she's, she's written, some of the children's books she's written. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then after you talk about the children's books, we can talk a little bit about um, your, your NGO work and how that tied into you writing The Burden of the Saved. Yes. But we'll we'll save that Ooh, for the end because yes, that's cause that's intense. That's juicy, okay? <laughs> that's um, intense. That's as hell. juicy. Yeah. But okay. um, so the name of the publishing company is Imagine We. Imagine We, yeah. right? And so the books that you've written. Um, I only wrote one. I saw. Is that the ABC double one? The Isolde and her magical shoes. Isolde and her magical shoes. That's right. So that's, that's right. Rwanda's very first fairy tale. Um, Say that, listen, we're going to run that back because I don't think you heard her the first time. Say it again. Uh, Rwanda's first fairy tale. Rwanda's first fairy tale. And what's it called? It's called Isolde and Her Magical Shoes. It's actually based on my friend's story. Um, So she, her name is Isolde, Uh and she makes uh, shoes using vegetarian leather. I love it. Here in Rwanda. Um, she is amazing and with her work she's been able to support more than 200 families, go back to school with health, um, insurance and, and just with obviously salary sure. and livelihood. And, but she's trained them with a real skill and the way she had, um, she started in this business is her shoe ripped and she went and had a conversation with the guy who was fixing her shoe. And she felt like, oh, you know what? I could probably do this. And now it's a freaking empire here in Rwanda. I love it. ships all over the world. So I wanted to tell that story in a way that has magic and kids Mm. relate to it. So in the story, the trees talk to her. Obviously, the trees talk to Mm -hmm. her here. Um, But it's the same same gist of her passion to help people. Mm -hmm. Um, So we just sprinkled a little bit of fairies and magic in it and we I tried my best to include as many different cultures in the book um, so there's a griot um, yeah. who predicts you know kind of predicts the future and holds the past um, you know she's this magical woman who knows 
thousands of thousands of thousands of years worth of, of history that the, the, the little community's history mm-hmm. you know just trying to make sure that these young black african kids read these books and they feel the magic just the way i felt when i read cinderella you know mm-hmm. but then i knew i will never be cinderella i didn't deserve to be cinderella mm-hmm. right because mm-hmm. in my school in the u.s i think I wanted to audition for a play, <laughs> and the play was Sound of Music. I don't know. I grew up loving Sound of Music, mm-hmm. right? And I remember this stayed with me because they said, of course you can audition, of course you can audition. So obviously, any little girl is going to audition for the main scene, right? Yeah. The main character. And I did, but then somebody pulled me to the side and they were like, you know that Maria wasn't black, right? Mm. You know, and then I, that even stuck with me with all the books that I write because then I didn't have an option. I, didn't, I couldn't dream in Maria's world because I'm not, I don't, I don't belong in that world. Mm. So why don't we create uh, books where kids can dream and be the actual character they see? Mm. That's what makes me go and create. Mm. so that our African and black kids can say I can be as old actually, I can because that stuck with me and it hurt it hurt a lot and I ended up, I think I ended up being like a like a tree in the play, mm. you know mm-hmm. I was freaking 16, I'm not trying to be a tree in a play at 16 years old <laughs> you know, anyway, so um, that, I think that's what inspires the work that I do that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So, you know, I'm 37 years old almost. Am I 30? Wait, I don't, how old am I? I think I'm 30. I'm almost 37, I believe. I can't what wait to read you books. Believe? <laughs> no, I, 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 I forgot. I really did. I think I'm 36, about to go to 37. That's what I think. Um, I'll do the math on that in a second. But I'm grown as hell. And I'm excited to read this book. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm already, when as soon as I get it, I'm gonna be sitting up in my hotel room like, oh, let me see about these magic shoes. You know? Yeah. I'm excited because we, she intentionally did something for us by us, yeah. intentionally. Um, and so, do you, do you ship books to the US? Um, so we work with the Rwandan embassy in the US. Oh, yeah, nice. so they help us in terms of that. Um, but we're trying to find ways. But we're launching an application where these books are going to be digitally available. Ah, um, nice. Yeah. So if, for instance, you want to print from the US, you could buy the rights to do that. Okay. Um, and then you make sure that you get to us because it's cheaper that way. That makes sense. Mm hmm. And that's smart. See, this is why you got. This is why you got to talk to the young folks because they know all the shit. You know what I'm saying? That's gonna be more. You're efficient. not that old, okay? Ten years is a long time. You know, a lot happens in a decade. Right. You know, because think about somebody who's 17 to you. You see? Right. You see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know, because you're like, wow. You know. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm kind of seeing that in the same way, but I'm excited too, and you know. I always like to learn from what people are doing, mm-hmm. keyword doing, you know? So there's some other books um, and authors who your company has collaborated yeah. with. So I have, I do have a few copies of um, Evolve mm-hmm. and Her Magic Shoes. 
And then there are a couple of other books coming out um, through the um, through, through her, her site and her company. I also got some of those books as well um, because they are doing the same thing she's doing. They're trying to yeah. have stories and images that are matching the people who are going to be reading them and to give a sense of pride, a sense of self-worth, yes. a sense of yes. imagination, a sense of fantasy, um, yes. and also bringing like realness too like yeah. you know real world situations and also like breaking the idea that all that africa go through is hunger and death and disease that is one of my biggest passions is that we don't have i don't have flies flying all over my face i have a couple of mosquitoes because <laughs> i live in the freaking forest but like i don't have flies and i i i i I have showered today. Hello. Shower every day. Hello. <laughs> you okay. know, like I feel like this this poverty porn yes. situation yes. has made people outside of Africa think of us like you know we are just like snot everywhere and like <laughs> just dried tears and just <laughs> scales. Yeah. yeah. You know, and yeah. creating our own stories even when we're poor because yes. some of some people everywhere in the world are poor, right? Absolutely. But when I talk about my poor, I'm talking about my aunt. I'm talking about my uncle. I naturally will give them the dignity that, that they deserve. Yes. Whereas if a stranger talks about them, they will talk about them in the way that feeds their ego rather mm. than a way that dignifies them. Mm. So my fight is to make sure that as many Africans as possible talk about us rather than have this person who you know like I get really mad when people yes. come and tell our story on our behalf yes so yes this is yeah. why I'm not talking a whole lot in this <laughs> you know because we need to have the information about what's happening yeah. across the globe yeah. on the continent in the diaspora yeah. from the people who are actually living from the people who are, I didn't want to come on and talk about because even even now when I told people I was going to Rwanda to do things, mm -hmm. are you going on a mission trip? No, I'm not going. No, on no, no ain't nobody trying to go on a mission trip. I'm not on no goddamn mission trip, okay? All right. No, no, that's not happening. Ain't nobody trying to save us. Like, for instance, can I just drop something Please. in there? If if you're gonna spend three thousand dollars to go to a mission trip, whatever, uh, don't you have a community next to you? back home that could use that three thousand dollars where you know homeless people or i don't know just basic like one of the things i really love about um uh the u.s is they they have these uh, uh what do you call it where people come and, and and just get food homeless people yeah um public kitchens or something yeah right Soup kitchens and things. yeah you could donate that three thousand dollars there right instead of coming here and take pictures that will maybe earn you a couple followers on instagram looking like you saved all of us and and ignore that for thousands and thousands of years before you showed up we came up with solutions that worked for us but no 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 your solution your basic breathing makes you feel like you improved our lives just by breathing our oxygen i, I don't think so i think Everybody needs to be intentional about replicating a sense of equality everywhere they go. Hello. Anyway. So before you come on the mission trip, the money that's on the mission trip, I want you to take half of that, put it
put it in the community. I want you to take the other half and buy a whole bunch of books from this sister right here. Yeah. Because she's going to know how to allocate it better than better you, than you girl. better than you. Mm-hmm. So this is why I wanted we to talk to her. Some damn truth right there. Come on now. Mm-hmm. That's going to that's going on the clip. <laughs> that's going on the clip for the show. She's not she's 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 not playing with y'all. OK, yeah, but they don't need they don't need saving. Save your own ass, because America's going oh, down yeah, the toilet. Yeah, yeah. You know, like donate to, I don't know, Black Lives Matter. Donate to the indigenous communities, the Na- Native Americans. Yeah. Like, you know what? You you have a lot of shit to clean up in your country before coming over here and talk about how we have shit to clean up, you mm-hmm. know? And we're doing a really good job cleaning up our own shit, too. So, sure I'm just are. saying. Sure are. Like, sure are. Let me tell you. Let me tell you, and I'm saying this now, I'm not the all-knowing expert on Africa at all. Mm-hmm. I've been a few times to a few countries. Kigali is the cleanest city I've ever been in in Africa, and cleaner than a whole lot of places I've been to in the United States. Say that right that. now. Kigali is cleaner than the spotless. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna say that because I was like, oh. Yes, Kigali is gorgeous. They have yeah. the Sundays, you know, with the, the, the first and third Sunday where there's no car driving. It's, oh, yeah. They don't oh, drive yeah. be, to keep the air clean. People are out exercising, walking around. Did people. you go to one of those? You no, sure? I sure? may. I think we'll have another sun- Sunday. Tomorrow Sunday. Is yeah, it the yeah. third, first or third Sunday? No, tomorrow. It's happening tomorrow. It's happening tomorrow? I need to be out there. Yeah, and, the and you get to have a free diabetes, hepatitis B, mm-hmm. or C. They do health. They do health checkups, you mm-hmm. get your eyes checkups, you can get a mammogram, mm-hmm. all of that for free. For free. Just go out the street and walk around and get get your life together, okay? Hell yeah. It's beautiful. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous yeah. city. Um, there's not a lot of issues with just pollution problems. Like it's really no. beautiful. Like it's not I it's not a developing country. It's not third world country. This is an established, solid um, nation. It's home. It's home. It's her home. I feel like I'm kind of at home here too. This is gonna be another one of my homes. I got homes all over the world. <laughs> this is my other crib, my other other crib, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's a beautiful place. It's not perfect, but no place is. Yeah. But it's it's not something a place that needs to be safe. It's somewhere you can come. You can enjoy the culture. Yeah. You can enjoy the people. Because I feel like if somebody came as a tourist, yeah. there's authenticity to that. Mm-hmm. Like instead of coming to say, mm-hmm. then another thing as coming as a tourist, you are purchasing from people who have already built authentic solutions, yeah. souvenirs, and whatever it is. And by you having that, you know, it's very, it's very basic. You don't need to save a person if you just need a phone from them. I'm not going to have a whole conversation about, oh my God, how, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just so straightforward. I like when people come and say, you know what, I'm coming to just discover rather yeah. than people who come with the mindset of, yes. of saving. Yes. You know, and even though I did come here to do some medical work with physical therapists here and um, that's work, though. To, treat, to treat patients, mm-hmm. I was telling her, and this is when we're going to kind of go into the burden of the safe. Um, she wrote a very um, poignant and powerful short story. Um, and I'm going to have her kind of give as much or as little information about that as she wants. Um, 
But I read it a few weeks um, before I came to Rwanda. And anybody who knows me knows that, you know, I'm, I don't really carry a chip on my shoulder. I don't try to come into spaces and dominate. I'm a very um, cooperative person. And above of all that, I'm Pan-African. You know, I believe Africa for Africans, for black people, all across the diaspora. I believe that we all are commonly connected and that we need to continue to work together to build genuine relationships with each other so that we can improve our situations together. That's just my, my personal mm -hmm. orientation. So I came into me doing my therapy work with that in mind. And her short story kind of drove home more for me that if, there, if I did have an ounce of, of privilege or whatever in my spirit, to strike it out before I got here. So it's got to go, all right? And, and with the engagements that I've had with, um, now, this is my, my physical therapy community family now, you know, mm -hmm. um, I feel like I came here with um, a level of just humanity, respect, dignity, um, co collaborative learning, not thinking that my weight is the way that it should be or yeah. X, Y, Z, um, not trying to change whatever they were doing, but tried to come in and see where I could fit in and, and give what I could. So. Um, Tell the people a little bit about your NGO work, how that developed into you writing The Burden of the Saved, mm -hmm. and just where you were trying to go and, and what you were trying to um, give to people with that. And it's a free book. It's free. It's free. And we're going to get the link, and we'll. Uh, I'll make sure that you all will be able to access it. If you get to following her, you're probably going to see it on her stuff. So, yeah. But go ahead. So when Imagine We Started, my idea, because... Um, I mean, the saviorism is not just for people from the West, right? Mm -hmm. I have that the I, I have a bit of a diaspora mindset, you know. Yeah. That or when I came home, I definitely felt superior, mm -hmm. which is which is something that I'm very grateful to have unlearned. Mm -hmm. um, and so then I was like, oh, you know, you we gotta do this and this and this and that, you know, uh, to teach them. I'm like. I'm one of them to teach me, you know? Mm -hmm. Anyway, but I encountered a lot of um, Westerners in, in the work that I, that I did early on. Earlier on, because I was 22 mm -hmm. and and uh, the media kind of took my story on and it was everywhere and people were like, oh, we need to see her, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So then a lot of people just kind of wanted a piece of the cake, right? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I was very early stage and I needed the money, right? But I did not know the costs mm. of having that kind of money on my self-esteem and my dignity because it's an exchange mm. that you can't, I had to do um, in those early years. Um, so then we had a lot of people who just, I mean, most of the scenes in the book have either happened to me or a co-worker. Um, and they were very humiliating mm -hmm. because um, you have people who think that you don't shower. Mm -hmm. So something is better than nothing. So let's give her uh, my leftover shampoo, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I had to assert myself as someone who, first of all, doesn't need leftover shampoo, but then uh, someone who also is smart, deserves to be listened to because mm -hmm. the exchange we had to do was be told what to do mm -hmm. because you don't know anything um 
So anyway, a few years into that, um, I was like, I am done. <laughs> so I had uh, some of the partners we sat down and very humiliating meeting and I said, you know, just, just go. We're, we're probably gonna be broke for a while, but we're gonna get ourselves back on track without you. Um, and that's how we transitioned from being an NGO to being a social enterprise. Mm. Um, because then it's less than the number of people who wanted to send delegations to do missions, to do volunteer work mm. um, with us. And, and it just elevated us because then we were more solution driven rather than uh, do donor funding driven. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and having studied abroad, so it's the burden of the saved is a mixture of all the experiences that I've had abroad and, and back home. Um, and, and the reason why I wanted to give it away for free was first, um, it's part of my activism to raise awareness in a way that's you know that's fictional that's not a lot of pressure mm -hmm. you know it's like oh you know it's just a story but it raises enough questions and also i think i just wanted to to put my foot down it was therapy for me to write that book because mm. i i it's hyperventilating half of the time but you know i it was it was therapeutic yeah mm. yeah yes and so, this is why you need to read The Burden of the Save. It's a quick read. It's really 30 minutes. Yeah. I mean, I think I finished in like 20, 25 yeah. minutes. It's a quick read. Um, it gets to the point of, of how... How did you feel about it? Um, I felt several things about it. One, I felt just really... I felt my skin crawl a little bit just on how just obnoxious and just dehumanizing um, people can be when they're thinking they're doing a good thing, which is crazy. So it's like what they think they're doing and how it's received on the other end are two totally completely different things. They think they're, oh, we're just charity and we're just going to yeah. da 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 And on the other side, it's like, I'm not an animal. I'm not scraping at the bottom of a yeah. garbage can. Yeah. I'm not something that you pat on the head like, oh, mm. you're such a good little one, this girl. You know, yeah. it was just very just just patronizing and um, and just having to how that could make spiritually make you feel so small, you know. And this isn't just an individual instance. This is. What was happening in the book is something I've witnessed. It's something that you've seen over and over again. And I've been in enough places across the world to have a really broad view that this yeah. is a collective issue. Yep. Um, with you know people coming into spaces and just trying to dominate. Yeah. And 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 so yeah, I felt excited that it was put to. Um, that those type of things were put to words. I was excited about that aspect. I was like, oh, people need to read this. And then I also was just angry and just, you know, irritated by it, you know, at the same time, because it's like, people shouldn't have to go through this, you know? And, and I remember just this week, I was talking with, the, um, with some of the therapists and, um, you know, I talked to them and about just some things that we were reviewing and I was just like, you know, well, you're a professional. You know, 
You, right. you, went, you went to school for this, you're capable, you are certified by your country to, to do what you do. You're basically my colleague, essentially. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to have a conversation with you as a colleague. I'm not trying to have a conversation yeah. with you as I'm this expert that was brought here to talk about X, Y, and Z. Like, yeah, I may be an expert in this particular thing that I'm talking about, but you probably are an expert in a very particular thing that you're doing that I can learn and we can have an exchange. Mm -hmm. You know, coming, as you were saying, coming from a place of equality mm -hmm. and just a very humanist approach to things. And, um, and so even though I knew that I wasn't going to come here with that chip, like I said earlier, it made me more aware of yeah. how I possibly could be received. Yeah. Because when people yeah. are experiencing these type of things over time, over their yeah. lifetime, they naturally just kind of submit to yeah. it. Yeah, know? yeah. And what I wanted to do was, before we even could get to that part, I wanted to just preempt that and just just step in like, no, 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 no. Let's, yeah. let's talk to each other in this way. And that opened up the doors to a lot more um, meaningful communications and um, and then it made it fun, you know, because yeah. they knew the pretense wasn't there. The yeah. pretense was there. They, you know, people didn't have to, you know, play or act yeah. or or diminish themselves um, in order to engage. And you know, I appreciated the story so that you know it could make people aware. Um, and then also be able to check people if they observe it, you know, because sometimes in those spaces when people over time have been trained to shrink themselves down, the amazing energy lift it is for somebody to step in and be like, no, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and so not only for us to just not do it, but also to be able to check and reverse it intentionally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. You yeah. know? And so awareness, yeah, you know, awareness. So I appreciate it. It's powerful. This is why I wanted to have her on TT Talks. I need people to understand what's going on. She hot in the streets in Rwanda. Let me tell you, <laughs> they love over there, man. They be retweeting her stuff and they be never, yeah, you know, uh, they love it. They love it. They love it. And just wait, man. She's going to be doing so many more bigger things yeah. as your, your business enterprising continues to expand because it's going to expand because she she got the ancestors got her back let me tell you they got her back yes. you know what I'm saying do you yes. hear what you said how spared her family was from a tremendous genocide yeah. Yeah. man if that ain't ancestral support I don't know what that is so there's a very clear reason that this young lady is here and she's continuing to learn um, about who she is um, traditionally, and as she continues to learn, it's gonna continue to empower her. Man, y'all ain't gonna be able to fuck with this girl in like 10 years. Y'all not gonna be ready for this sister, you know? I don't think y'all ready for her now, you know? But she's still coming into her own and still, yeah, you know, yeah. developing and, and doing, but as she continues to do that, I'm just so excited to see all of the wonderful things you're gonna be doing, not just for the country, not just for East Africa, but really on a global scale you know, on a global scale. So keep doing your community work. I'm in full support. I don't know how I could support, but... Man, you're already doing it, you know? Hey. Using your platform to elevate our voices because we have to... One thing I, 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 I have to admit is, obviously everybody have to, has to admit this, we all need each other, right? Absolutely. And um, 
you coming here and being willing to share your platform is something that's very special and means a lot to me mm -hmm. and that's that's massive support um, and also it speaks volumes of the fact that you found value in who I am mm -hmm. which it, it, it happens very rarely yeah. to, 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 to black people yeah you know people come with the with the intention of of saving them yeah rather than just like sharing in, mm -hmm. in, in, in and so it, it's very validating this experience and obviously the conversation we had earlier it, it's been very validating especially since you're much older than me yeah so um i'm very grateful yes I'm very very grateful. i'm excited i'm excited about it you know because mm -hmm. there's a lot of when we get past all of the propaganda and stuff yeah. there's a lot of shared trauma yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of shared trauma with colonialism with imperialism yeah. with religion with um, social structures with patriarchy with yeah. so many different so many, things yeah. and you know and there's you know just as you know many families where you know the a lot of their family members were wiped out in the genocide yeah. I know friends who had family members who were wiped out in the crack era you know completely wiped out people who lost people all the time so yeah. it's it even though it, we don't categorize things that happening in the states as genocide um a lot of it was genocidal you know hugely particularly um as you know i'm not getting i was about to say i'm not getting all that i was about to go a whole different direction but i'm gonna bring it back just to be succinct but people who know what i'm talking about they know we know what you're talking about just like you're talking about how you know her family her grandparents had to flee to the congo to go I know people who had family members who had family members who were hung in the south and they had to flee to the north. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. similar stories. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so we're not as different as you think. You know, our trauma is similar. So mm -hmm. this is why it's important for us to lean on each other to heal together. You know, yeah. so that we can. That way, anytime she comes to the states, she'd be like, hey, I got you. Don't worry. Yeah, anytime I'm going to keep going, that's what I'm saying. You know, yeah. and and now we've uh, you know we're establishing a relationship, and now we can continue to be genuine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, so now I can go home, and you know my listeners will be like, oh, when she's coming out with a new book, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so that's what it's all about. Um, Y'all make sure you follow this sister. Um, I'm gonna have her run all her social media down first. Oh, she has she has a podcast too. Right. Breaking silences, right? Yeah, yeah. And who's your co-host? Aline. Her name Aline. is Aline. Mm -hmm. Aline. So you gotta you gotta um subscribe to Breaking Silences. Mm -hmm. And and that's on um Everywhere. Apple, it's Everywhere. on podcasts. Um, Apple Spotify, Podcast. Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Anywhere really. I, yeah. I can't even list the yes. those crazy spaces. Yes, I, I find out that I have podcasts on platforms that I didn't know. Exactly, Podbean, something, something FM. weird, Anchor. Yes, yeah. I just show up on just stuff. Whatever okay. you're comfortable with, whatever you used to use, and yes. there. It's very, very, very good. I, it, it's a lot of social commentary yeah. on what's happening from like a young millennial age in Rwanda, um, kind of breaking out of um, colonial ties and things like that and you know I was very intrigued because this is an area that everybody got a piece of this everybody got a piece of Rhonda yeah. I'm thinking it was just Belgium and I get here and everybody got a French name 
And then I'm finding out that that a certain generation, like my generation back, most of them speak French. Mm-hmm. Or have the ability to speak French mm-hmm. and they have French names. I've eaten people named Jacques, Dominique, you know, em- Emile. The majority of people I've talked to have French names, so I'm like learning all of the stuff like, oh, yeah. French, what's up, French, what's up again? Oh, and then their, your currency yeah. is Franks. Yeah. yeah. Rhonda Franks. So I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too much. But one of the, I have a couple of friends who are who are going to court to remove their names, their French names from their identity card, mm. and they're making up some new Rwandan or African, generally <laughs> African names. So like everybody this is has the blackest shit I've heard this yeah. week. Yeah. Oh I my love god. It. These guys are out here doing the work. I love it. Yeah. This is happening a lot in the US too. People yeah. are actually changing their names. There, some people they'll change to an African name based on, you know, maybe something they feel in their spirit. You know, right. yeah. sometimes the name is given to them. Because I've been given names um, in Nigeria. Um, I got about 800 names. That's the type of thing that we're doing. Like we're actually like reclaiming African identity. Yeah, that's she good. was talking about how she's trying to link up and and talk to some of the traditional um, practitioners from Rwanda. They're so rare and few and far between. And marginalized. And marginalized. That's the big thing too. And that's, that's the biggest. Um, and so she's trying to connect with them so that she can learn more about you know, those aspects. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. sure that um, you can go back into the Congo as well and learn some Hopefully. things too. Yeah. Because you know, all my, all, my, all my African traditionals out there, y'all know about Congo, Palo, right? Yeah, it's popping. So yeah. you, you you got some very powerful ancestral things popping for you that you're soon to discover. I can't wait to hear about them. It's gonna be great. Um, and so it's, a, it's beautiful, it's inspiring, breaking silences. Make sure you subscribe to that. Um, where can I find you on like Twitter, Instagram? Uh, both my Twitter and Instagram is DN Alonga. D N as in Nancy Alonga. A L O N G A. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, so make sure you follow this sister. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you go. What's your website? DominiqueAlonga.com or Imagine Me. Imaginewe.rw. Imagine. But you can just type Imaginewe on Google yeah. and something will come up. It'll take you there. Yeah. So you follow all of this stuff. If you don't, I'm going to beat your ass. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you already have wanted to. You were probably Googling the, the, the sister while she was talking. I know you were. I know y'all were. Um, but make sure that um, you follow what the sister's doing, support what the sister's doing. It's very powerful work, it's healing work. Um, she's doing good, not just for her and her personal family and her personal lineage. I mean, she's doing it representing her country very fabulously. And uh, I'm excited. So yeah. thank you. Thank you for thank being you. on TT Talk. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to do it. Yes. And uh, yes, we're here with Chill. It's a beautiful night here in Kigali. Yeah. She's got the baddest view in the city. Hell yeah. It's beautiful. The sun was just setting down right this way. I'm just like, you know what? She gonna make a sister, you know what I'm saying? Get my coins together. Let <laughs> me get me a little flat around the corner, you know what I'm saying? But it's gonna be great, so appreciate it. Yeah, thank All you right. so much. Peace. Thank you so much to Dominique. Keep being a great leader in your community. You certainly didn't come here to do the least. And to my listeners, Thank you so much for vibing with me on TT Talks. 
If you want me to continue creating content like this, please consider becoming a patron on Patreon. I can't do it without your help. Y'all know I love dropping music from all over Africa and the diaspora, so I had to put y'all on to some hip-hop out of Rwanda. I'm going to drop not one, but two jams coming from hip-hop artist Bushali from his project Kugasima. I love it because it's entirely in Kinyarwanda, which is the indigenous language of Rwanda. The first track is called Kenya Trap, and the second is called Ipafu. Keep rocking with me. Keep being great. Now let's vibe to this Bushali. Peace. Sabi ngofu Yabu moto mokoro 
Zara ninguru, nevi jesi bukuru Chani yomu ngungudu Ahungana dira nyina weni yumbe Ni unaje suko numa jenda tuje Niche wakuze wajisiza wawafuye Ya jese kukasimu ngana yara tuye Kajegera, nebu kuna tamida Afiti bafi teyu mgoba na kwa mtemera Tebera, kayuji nawe yana pebeda Yana kwemera, agapi bafa kayi hapska Sinyomu zinganu te, ese wa teti mlitwe Konche nazi ndute, imiti yara nute Kangu kizu kuri uyu muti wari zero Bongi nago yafo mumunda hari zero Mekwi bafu, mudere stafu Mekwi bafu, mekwi bafu, mudere stafu Mekwi bafu, mekwi bafu, mudere stafu Mekwi bafu, mekwi bafu, mudere stafu Kangu kizu kuri uyu mutu wali